Many people say that music is a universal language. If that's the case, I would like to use music as a platform to talk about health. My name is Dr. Moshe Lewis, and I'm a full-time practicing physician who loves music and the way it affects our brains, our bodies, and our well-being. We'll be discussing topics that affect all of us, from mental health to body image, cancer screening to stroke. Our health is truly our greatest asset. Hopefully, these discussions will improve the health of our community. Welcome to Music and Medicine. I'm your host, Dr. Moshe Lewis. I am excited and so delighted to be joined by not only my cousin, S.T. Bullock, but I mean, one of the greatest songwriters, certainly that I know, and uh, he's uh, ASCAP certified, so he's got the credentials to back it up. Um, been in the world of gospel for more than a minute, going on a few decades now, and S.T., yeah. welcome. Hey, thank you so much, fam. What's going on, Moshe? <laughs> Exactly, Doctor, nothing. Doctor Moshe. <laughs> exactly, nothing like family. Yeah, our show is called Music and Medicine, and when we talk about the music part, we kind of like to go back in the time a little bit. Tell us about how you got started in music just as a beginning, and then certainly picked your genre to be gospel. Well, my 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 beginning in music definitely started in church. Um, as a little kid, uh, my parents, my mom, uh, my grandmother they they brought me up in church, and um. I sang in the kids' choir and and grew up kind of just singing in the uh, young adult choir and then went to, uh, by this time I'm in middle school, and in middle school I started learning about the community choirs and, and groups in the community that was singing gospel music. And um, somewhere along that time, I ran into who was then just uh, Hezekiah Walker, who we now know uh, to be Bishop Hezekiah Walker. So to make a very, very long story short, um, uh, I began singing with the Love Fellowship Crusade Choir when I was a teenager. By the time I got in high school, I was with that choir. And, um, and I've been a part of that choir ever since. So that was my intro into gospel music. And that's how I got into the music industry through that choir. <laughs> Right, right. And were there some greats even uh, along the way that really um, have inspired you? Because I know you're a songwriter and that's not somebody that we meet every day. They kind of just really um, have helped you to continue not only to create, but to continue to feel really um, encouraged to, gosh, come at it from a different angle or have an insight into sound that, that is just amazing to you. Yeah, well, believe it or not, um, I grew up listening to the OJs, the Hawkins, Stevie Wonder, Donnie Hathaway, um, Richard Smallwood, uh, Daryl Coley, if you would, Thomas Whitfield, you know, so I had a wide array of music that I heard growing up. Believe it or not, um, singing with the Crusade Choir with uh, Bishop Walker, that exposed me to literally like big names in gospel music while we were doing concerts and on on programs with these people so i got to see up front you know them in action and how they did what they did and um it was a it's a blessing that i had that opportunity to do that and be exposed to that because i'm more than sure that is what helped shape me into the writer that i'm in today i didn't start writing until i got in high school um and when i got in high school um, it, it really kind of took off. My first song that I ever placed was <laughs> with uh, Bishop Hezekiah Walker's church choir. And so that was in 2001. So that was how I got my start 
um, in the industry as a writer, but that I would say that's how I got groomed into it by the music I heard, listening to it growing up, and then by the exposure that I had by being in the industry singing with the choir. Absolutely, and and I too had a small, nowhere near as auspicious amount of time with a choir, but it was a, a second family, um, a delight. We laughed, we played, we joked, we dated. Um, exactly, we got exactly. Together, <laughs> past notes, and um, really wound up, and for so many of us, to be such a great way to stay out of trouble. Um, yeah, and um, and also you know, also learn about the Lord. There must have been a moment, perhaps, that you remember where you really figured, okay, this is not just uh, somewhat of a hobby. People really believe that this song that I wrote, and I know from being touched, that it really is is something that could be special. Tell us about that, or if you can recollect sort of the the feeling and and what happened, the circumstances that had you know, okay, I, I am definitely writing music that that others can sing as opposed to music that I just you know sing so for me that that experience came through um writing with my high school choir the choir started in high school a bunch of young teenagers you know um believe it or not we didn't sing a lot of uh covers by other choirs um, I myself um, Jules Bartholomew if you're familiar with Jules um, from out of out of New York um, we actually were writing together and creating the music that we taught. Um, mm-hmm. Literally, we would sing these songs and the young people would come to me after rehearsals and say things like, you know, I can't stop singing this song. You know, we we rehearsed it all day that day and I went home singing it and I'm walking around the house and my parents are like, what are you singing? Why do you keep singing that song? And, you know, people be like, well, this is what I learned in, in rehearsal and things like that kind of followed my journey as I grew older, um, that I was writing songs. You know, I, I guess I in, in the back of my mind, I really wanted to make sure that I was writing songs for people. But truthfully, as a young writer, I was just excited that I could write that I could write and that I could write something that people could sing along to. Um, as I grew older, I realized that what I was doing and the gift that God had given me, it was not just for me. It was for others. It was for the world. It was for the people that would sing it and other people would hear the songs. Um, it became real to me um, in 2008 when, uh, well, 2007, when uh, we recorded Stowed Out, which would become uh, the actually the very first number one song recorded by Bishop Hezekiah Walker and one of the biggest albums for him to ever make. And I watched churches sing this music all over the world. All over the world, I would see videos on social media of people just posting videos of their churches singing it. And then you would see churches in Japan and Indonesia of choirs singing this song, something that I wrote. And man, fam, let me tell you, when I wrote the song, I honestly wrote the song for my church choir. I didn't even write the song to submit it for the album. I wrote the song for my church choir and... um. And the rest was history. Sure. Well, let's take a moment because that's an excellent setup and take a listen to Sold Out, written by our guest here, S.D. Bullock, for 
Hezekiah Walker and the Love Fellowship Crusade. Um, let's take a listen. All right, so you're here and you are touring the world and mm -hmm. just talk to us about sort of that experience and how it really, I'm from Brooklyn too, and, and mm -hmm. we grew up together for a minute, yeah. um, how it really sort of expanded your, your eyes and maybe even some of your inspiration for your writing. Mm -hmm. So, so, okay, so traveling with the choir and traveling, um, doing music, even when I started doing music independently, um, and I was able to go from state to state, I used to even do workshops and seminars on worship and, and worship music. Um, it was the most amazing experience because while I learned the differences in different areas and states and countries that I was traveling to, to perform and minister this music, I also learned the similarities and how we could be so far apart, but still have so many things in common. And so um, that was amazing for me. I always tell people that uh, church and music makes the world so much smaller. Um, you know, I, I, I wound up going to uh, Berkeley College of Music in Massachusetts um, back in 96. And, you know, that school actually caters to students that come in from all over the country and, and different countries. Right. And so meeting those students and working with those students and sharpening my skills and my craft, um, it actually taught me so much about how to be diverse in my writing, how to be um, open to different sounds and, and styles, even as I'm creating music and not to be boxed into one particular sound. And so like, it, it was great for me. It was great for me. It was a journey that I'll never ever forget. I'm actually working with my kids now. Both of my kids are musically inclined. My oldest is a singer. My youngest is a drummer and can also sing, you know? So it's, 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 it's amazing. Sure. Set us up for a second song. And this one may be a little different where you may have changed your style or your approach, but likewise, it was picked up by maybe one of the artists that you say, you know, I know you've written for other people as well and that they were interested in, um, in, in taking and recording. What might that song be? So this, this next song I would like to talk about is called Church Boy. I released Church Boy on my latest EP. The name of the EP is called No Harm. We could talk about how that came about. Um, no Harm is an EP that I did that my writing changed um, intentionally from just being songs for people to sing along to, to actually creating songs that were cinematic. So you could literally hear every song on the project and see yourself in the scenarios of the song and put yourself in the scenarios of the song, whether it was to sing along to it or whether it was to close your eyes and envision what I'm singing about. And um, this particular song, Church Boy, was recorded on that project. And Church Boy is about, man, you know, I've watched so many people over the last couple of years that were not really the church guys that you would normally see, just express their love for God. And I'm talking about Steve Harvey, uh, Kanye West, um, Devon Franklin, 
Uh, there's so many, you know, there are people that are in industries, um, even football players and NBA players that are not in the regular industries that you would see people suited up to go to church and talking about Bible study and choir rehearsal and, and Sunday morning, you know, but now if you look at their social media posts, everybody's talking and expressing their love for God. And, and these are the guys that you didn't normally think, you know, would be associated with a church. Rappers, really? You got DJ Khaled and Pharrell and, and so many others and Snoop Dogg making a gospel album, you know? So I started, I started thinking and I was like, yo, I want to talk about this. And so I wrote this song called Church Boy and it's just talking about, look, it's all right if you love the Lord, let them know that you love them and let them know that you're a church boy. You know, these people, they grew up, they had grandmothers, they had mothers or parents that reared them in church. And maybe somewhere along the way, they, you know, they went out, they went and did something different, but they never forgot where they came from. They never forgot, you know, to give thanks to the one above, you know? And so that's what sure. came about this song called Church Boy. Excellent. What a great setup. All right, let's take a listen. Because I think it's very easy for us, even in the church, to be quick to throw criticism. 
And often we've talked about different elements of this with guests because there can often be a tremendous pull. The church kind of wants to protect and shelter its own and really not have them go into the secular world because of the fears and some of the vices that we see. Yet when yeah. people do uh, and come back, sometimes there's not always complete acceptance. Conversely, when it seems that, oh, that person was in the secular world and boy, were they in the secular world. I don't really think I could talk to us yeah. about the, the challenge that we in the church, we can always talk about people outside, but that we in the church sometimes are torn with our own um, sense of hypocrisy um, yeah. and maybe being a little bit too judgmental when, when we really, you can't fully know. We, we're not really the ones to judge. And, and um, just talk to us a little bit about your element of that, because I think that some of those people that you mentioned, the fact that some people may find it ironic is, um, is sometimes our own challenge, our own little dirt that we keep inside. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh, one thing I've noticed um, is that we have put a a stigma or a um, an expectation, I guess, on men and women in 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 ministry and in and in Christianity that you must be like this. You must talk like this. You must look like this. You must walk like this and behave like this. You know, and, you know, a lot of people uh, 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 aligns that with religion and things that are just like uh, uh, very binding and, and confining. But the thing is, God is free. God, God is freedom. Christianity is freedom. We are free in Christ. Right. And there are so many people that. If you think about it they they grew up in church but their passion was not just ministry right their passion was not just ministry and so in order for them to pursue their passion still love god but be who god called them to be which may be different than the preacher and the elder you know right they had to go after that passion and that divine calling on their life when you think about it look the, the guys that we love that's on the field playing, playing NFL, right? If they spent all their time in church and their Bible study, they would have missed the practices right. that now that, you know, that one day would lead them to the NFL, you know, from little league to the NFL. If they, if they, if they never made basketball practice and never joined a basketball team, they wouldn't be the NBA players they are today. Right. Look, let's use you for an example. You love the Lord. You was reared up in church. Right. But look at right. what would have happened if you never studied medicine. Right. Right. Because, so right. There, there was you something that you, had to do. you wouldn't be Dr. Moshe Lewis, you know, right. and so you you had to love God and go after what you were most passionate about. And the blessing in that is it allows you to go into different arenas, different settings, sit at different tables and share and show your love for God where most other people in Christianity probably would never be, right? And so th there's a strong possibility that the audience that was made for you wasn't made for me. So you shouldn't have to do what I do because you have to be who God made you to be so you can reach who he wants you to reach. And so... You know, I, I'm, I'm just big on that. And I'm going to tell you, man, um, if, if you don't mind, I want to talk about COVID. I want to yeah. talk about COVID. Um, both my wife and I, uh, we had we were diagnosed with COVID in March of 2020. 
And it was the most unreal, but real experience that I've ever experienced in my life. And it was harder for my wife because my wife has asthma. Mm. And so, you know, we had to get through that Wow. At the same time, we're looking at people on the news that are dying and losing their lives. Wow. Um, we had to get through it, and we weren't confined to a hospital. We were confined to our home. Thank God our home is spacious enough that we were able to be uh, quarantined from our kids, but wow. still in the house. My children, who were one was a preteen and one was a teenager, had to learn to cook for themselves had to learn how to fend for themselves because my wife and I were confined to our bedroom that had a bathroom on the inside and they didn't want us to be around our children. And you know, when COVID first hit, the quarantine was real. Like they didn't want you around nobody. Right, right. People took it more seriously. And we were so much we didn't even know and understand. And so my children couldn't go anywhere because they were already exposed to us. So we were praying that they didn't have it. Right. and praying that they could make it it was the most mm. it was the most uh un, unbelievable experience ever however god brought us through it and one of the things that i vow um there's another song on my ep um called be better that i yeah. wrote um and and that's on a no harm ep but that also came from that whole experience i vowed that after we we came through COVID and we came through negative and we got our health back to where we could function and and almost got back to normalcy, I, I vowed that I would never go back to being the same. I would never go back to being the same. I would never go back to thinking the same. Um, even as far as the, the expectations I had on other people, you know, I, I vowed that I would be more fair to others and allow them to be who they needed to be not based on my expectation, but based on who they are, you know, because everybody deserves that. Um, mm-hmm. And so I'm telling you, man, I, I look at things much differently now. I'm so glad to still be here. Um, mm-hmm. There are still people that are suffering with this, um, this disease and this virus that's going around. So I'm still very prayerful and hopeful that more people will make it out like we did. Um, but in the meantime, for those of us that are still here, we have to love. We have to live a life of love. We have to live a life of fairness. We have to live a life of being open to, to just new things. And a- another thing, we can't live with limitations no more. Everything you think and, and want to do, you know, that is with integrity and, and with good intention, you have to do it. You have to do it. There's a reason why that's a thought in your mind. It's right. a reason why. It's because you have to do it. You have to fight. Don't even hesitate. Don't right. second guess it. Right. Don't, don't second wait. guess don't it. Don't delay. Don't procrastinate. <laughs> all this At things. all. Yeah. No, you give such a, a poignant message. And I think that certainly having an experience like that, that really does not only test your faith, but also test your health and challenges your ability to um, function as a father and to do some of the work that you do um, really can be inspiring. I know, tell us a little bit about the fact that you now have sort of almost taken sort of like a mentorship approach. I've seen some of the stuff you've been doing on social media with sort of helping others to learn how to really get better at their writing and being able to actually put in some of the key elements that can make their their songs um, certainly more more uh, excellent than they already may be. 
one of the things that I, I said that I, I definitely have to do in my time here is I wanted to create an apprenticeship, right, for songwriters and um, artists and performers that are young um, or even older, but just aspiring to get into that or to do that and conquer that, you know, if you would. And um, I wasn't I wasn't, I'm not financially to the point where I'm able to do it on a big scale, like have a building where I, I do this with people and I can um, uh, uh, intentionally teach people these methods and practices. But um, I talked to a friend of mine about that, that I wanted to do and how could I do it with where we are now with social media, with people kind of being alienated and not really able to be around each other as much as we were before. And um and I was like, I have an idea to do something. And he was just like, yo, like I just said, do it. Do it. He right. said, S, just, just go, just do it. Go on social media and do it. And literally, I um I created something called ST's Power of the Pen um, that I do every Tuesday night live on IG. And it has, it has blown my mind because uh about 26 episodes in now, um, I've been able to bring people on to share their experiences, share their journey, share their practices and their methods on how they create music, how they create and uh, produce music um, as performers and even just experiences of what caused them to write the songs that they wrote and, um, and, and, and just, you know, their backgrounds. And it's been so inspiring to so many people. I've had several uh, text messages after the shows, letting me know, you know, how grateful people are to see it and hear it. And um, they're thankful for the information. And um, and I'm just really glad that I'm able to start it this way. I, I still want to do the apprenticeships. Um, but for right now, this is my way of giving back. This is, I feel like, you know, I'm what they call now uh, agents of change. Right. Yeah, I, I, I'm a change agent.
talk to us a little bit about maybe just some pearls in working with a few of the other artists that you might give as tips to others, just in terms of being able to have a sense of what might work for that artist or working with them, the level of professionalism and, and what you bring to the table. Because so many times, it's like we spoke about our inspirations. We all have people that we so look up to it. Sometimes it could potentially be intimidating or paralyzing. And the ability to really be able to not only come up with a song, but but figure out what artists it might be good for or approach them you know, with a song. It's certainly not something always is the easiest to do. Um, yeah. Just talk to us a little bit about maybe two or three uh, mini experiences you may have had with, with a few artists where um, things were able to catalyze and, and turn into a, a, a song that they liked. So I was blessed to work with a few um, artists, uh, particularly gospel artists, um, major artists in the industry, um, like Bishop Pensacai Walker, um, who is over a choir. I've worked with uh, Dwayne Woods, who's a solo artist. Um, I worked with Moret Brown Clark, who's a female gospel artist, um, but also a solo artist. And even uh, uh, Jonathan Nelson, Ricky Dillard, um, I've been able to write for these people. And if you know anything about their music, while they're all major, they all have a distinct different sound. Yeah. And um, the blessing in working for these different people, what it taught me is how to be open to create for people that come from a different perspective. Um, while the message is still the same, they're, they're all singing and promoting the message of gospel. Um, and, and, and the story of Jesus Christ, they're all coming from different, angles and so me being able to write for them and being able to play songs with them it taught me how to write from different angles whether it's a big song for a choir or what's the song for praise and worship for like more at brown clark or what's the song for a solo artist um maybe for like roller skate night you know by Dwayne woods you know and these are the things you have to think in mind is like when you're writing are you writing the song for sunday morning are you writing this song for people to um, have to listen to while they're driving? Um, are you writing this song for uh, maybe film and television? You know, a song that could possibly make it into film and TV. Um, I never even imagined that uh, a song that I would write would be included in a gospel competition and used in a McDonald's commercial. You know, Sold Out was a very, very big song. And I have to say this as well. I have a co-writer um, by the name of Nathan McNair who um, helped me write that song as well. And um, all of these experiences and opportunities and blessings taught me how to be open to be more creative and, and expound my creativity and not be boxed in, not be boxed in. Um, don't be afraid to collaborate, whether it's with a writer or whether it's a producer. You know, if you have um, your sound, if you have um, something that maybe it was birthed through you and you're sharing it with some other people and you feel like it's a safe place where you can share it and, and build together, definitely do it, you know, but even if, if you try it and it doesn't work, it's not a loss. It's a lesson. It's a lesson. So now you know what could possibly happen if you try that, you know, and do you want to do that again? All of it. Let me tell you something. Nothing is a loss. Nothing is a loss. Everything is a lesson. Make sure you get the lesson out of every experience, out of every experience. 
And that might be a good setup for a song. Is there one that you can share with us where you may have shelved it or it may have sat for a while or incubated over a long period of time, or you thought that this wasn't even something somebody had heard or wanted to use and, and pulled it and something that essentially, I don't want to use the word throw away because there's really no such thing as totally throwing it away, but it, it wound up blossoming at a, at a better time or in a better situation or for a different artist than you might have initially intended. So there's a song that I wrote called Hand of the Lord. And um, initially I wrote this song for a local choir around where I live in New Jersey um, that was doing as a church choir. They were recording the song and um, they asked me for some material. So I wrote this song called Hand of the Lord and they recorded it. And you know, it did really well, you know, locally, like people, the radio stations, the AM um, station was playing it and people heard the song and they liked it, right? And then there was another artist, a solo artist who was also an independent local artist who heard the song and was like, I wanna record that song. Like, what do I need to do? And we went through, you know, figuring out how we can get him to record the song and he recorded the song. Excuse me, I'm sorry. He recorded the song. Well, um, maybe three or four months later, maybe maybe longer than that, um, I get a text from Ricky Dillard. And Ricky says, ST, I want to talk to you about a song you wrote. And I'm like, okay, you know, what song is it? And he says, um, Hand of the Lord by this particular choir. And I was like, really? And he was like, he called, he calls me nephew. He was like, nephew, I was, I want that song. And I was like, okay. And so, you know, here I wrote this song. I didn't doubt the potential of it, but I didn't shop it to anybody else. I actually wrote it for this local choir, not even thinking that it would do what it did. And then here I get a call from a major international gospel artist asking me for this song because they heard it recorded by somebody else. I didn't submit a demo. I didn't uh, shop it through nobody. I didn't ask them to play it for anybody. But another artist heard this song because I allowed somebody else to record it and then eventually started recording the song. He recorded the song and the song was on one of his biggest albums and it was led by one of the Mary Marys, uh, Tina Campbell, on right. his album. And so like that was like like a wow moment. Like what if I would have never gave that song to that choir? What if I would have said, you know, I don't think I have anything, you know, so and I would have passed up on that moment that would have been connected to a bigger opportunity that I didn't even see coming. I love it. Well, I mean, there couldn't be a better setup for a song. I mean, you've captured all of it. And I think that that's sort of the excitement, but also the hidden pearl. It's like a, a seed that you plant and you don't necessarily know the potential. And it's not always about uh, only working with the biggest of the artists or only being able to make a sale on every possible project that you work on, but sort of going with you to create and then let time and, and the Lord create. So uh, yeah, with that, we'll listen to- uh, All Hand facts. Of Hand of the Lord. I love it. Kind of fully ignite this topic that we're getting to is the challenges. We know that everybody and, and feel so inspired that you were comfortable to share your story about going through COVID. We feel like people can't bring that out enough, especially if it's something they've been through so that there's not so much fear. 
but there'll be other challenges in stormy days that people face. And what are some of the types of things that, that you do or that you find are encouraging? Because we all can get down or overrun or super busy or feel overwhelmed. And certainly being in the music business at any level can be intimidating. What are some of your not only sources of strength, but just maybe a couple of little tips or things that you do to, to help pull through when things may not seem to be going the way that you may have expected? So one thing that I've learned um, by some challenges that I've gone through, um, particularly COVID, um, but even some challenges even in, in the music industry is to really establish genuine and honest relationships with people um, and uh, organizations and, 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 and encounters with people that you probably wouldn't normally see or normally meet, make sure that whatever, however you leave those people, that you leave them feeling like this was a genuine encounter and that this was divine. And the reason why I say that is because honestly, when you're going through challenges, if you don't have the right people around you, if you don't have the right support um, to be there for you or to be ready to jump in to help and, and, and be there to help restore you, it's gonna make it harder. It's gonna make it harder. Um, when we went through COVID, thank God I had the support of family, um, even my church family um, that was doing things like leaving things on our doorstep, uh, bags of food for our kids, bags of food and things that they felt like we needed that you know they could, they could help out in any way possible, right? Um, and then I had prayers. I had people that were praying for us that, you know, we're praying that we got through it and we made it through it. And those things, no, it's not financial. No, it's not materialistic, but it, it helped. It helped. And even knowing that people were there to be there to support you, um, that I think helped build our strength back up when we were going through the COVID experience. When you're going through challenges like that in the music industry or any industry, um, even in your career profession, um, the pursuit of your careers, that's what you need as well. You need the support of people that can help talk you back into uh, mot motivating, like help motivate you and encourage you back to what your focus and your goal initially was, because we're all going to ride that roller coaster, you know, as creators and as as um, professionals where we feel like, what in the world am I doing? You know, and this is not working the way I thought it would. And it's not going, it's not happening as fast as I thought it would. But, you know, that's the process. That is the process. And if you are old enough and you've gone through it enough, you now know that that's a part of the process. So the helpful thing for me, and I think would be for anyone, is just making sure you have the right support system of people. And um, that, that, will, that will go a long way. That will go a long way. You'd be surprised how much that'll keep your head up. Absolutely. Even your talk and your interviews are ministry unto themselves. And we are so delighted to be joined today by S.D. Bullock, um, ASCAP certified. He has written some of the biggest songs uh, on the planet in the gospel industry, written for tons of top artists. And you've heard some of the names yourself, uh, Hezekiah Walker, Daryl Coley, Ricky Dillard, um, just really simply an amazing career. And yet I appreciate your humility and not only willingness to talk to us, but, but to share what it was 
was like, you know, going through COVID. And I think the take home lesson for all of us is that when health challenges come up, whether they're blasted on the news or we sense something's not right, that you don't hesitate to get it worked out, get it figured out, to go see a doctor and get some advice. Don't don't try to go it alone and don't try to ignore it because these things come along, you know, for a reason. And definitely um, we want you to take them seriously. Um, as you close out, SD, um, do us a favor of giving us uh, sort of one one last song that really really means a lot to you. I know probably so many too, um, and that you'd like to share with uh, with our listeners. Um, the song that I put on my project on my EP, No Harm, um, the song "Be Better." Um, there's a line in the song that says, "If you get a second chance at life, just have one purpose and one goal, and that is to be better, be better than before." So that's that that song I, I definitely would love to send out to everyone, everyone that will hear and see this interview is that if you get a second chance and we all have had second and third chances, be better. Absolutely. Sure. I'll end on the words of one of my mentors, uh, Ray Leonard Jr., who uh, says, uh, know better and do better. So we can certainly be better. And I think, as you were implying, uh, these take home lessons that we can take a experience, take a mistake, take a challenge, um, take even things having gone wrong that we did and may have played a part in as an opportunity to do better, be better, and move even better and, and closer towards yeah. him. Uh, I often say we're imperfect people in an imperfect world seeking perfection, but we can continue each day to uh, keep our minds, you know, steadfast on the Lord and realize that we can always be better, as you say. Amen. Do better. Amen. The world can do me no harm. Hey, 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 the world can do me no harm. No harm. It's another day's journey and Another day's journey and I It's another day's journey and Another day's journey and I It's another day's journey and Another day's journey and I It's another day's journey and Another day's journey and I
Thanks so much for joining us. It's such a pleasure and uh, it's so good. I mean, it's good because- Thanks for having me, fam. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Much love. And um, just the, the the caring, the charisma, you, you, I can hear it in your voice. I hear it in your stewardship. I, I see it in your ministry and things of that nature. And I think it's also important. The other reason as we close out, I just wanted to throw out there that reason why I like doing interviews like this is because I think sometimes people may not realize how important a whole cadre, and I know you have written all the songs for all the artists um, that we've mentioned and then some, but it's really a team and a village that even helps make um, a song great or makes a song a hit or makes a song special to somebody that may be sitting in that service and need that word. And um, I think highlighting True. all of the people involved in that process from the producers, to the sound mixers, to your co-writers, writer. Um, and so that's one of the main reasons I wanted to have you on because I know you're not modest about, you know, sharing the love and, and giving the credit. That's right. We wanted to do the same. Thanks so much. Thank you. Today is working for me. Do you believe that for yourself? Hey, I'm Pastor Julie, and I want to empower you through encouragement, inviting you to my podcast, Big Truth Encouragement, where I unpack living a faith-filled life. I created my podcast for the ladies, but gentlemen, you'll gain something too. So I invite you to listen to Big Truth Encouragement on Electricast and any platform where you listen to your podcast. Electricast. Welcome to Sarah Talk Solutions. Ladies and gentlemen, you've tuned into a bit of a different type of show. I'm Sarah B and I'm your host. You can find me on my IG, which is Aussie underscore Sarah underscore LA. I talk about amazing, relevant conversations and topics and what functions that goes on in this magical, wonderful, wonderful city of the City of Angels. My IG, which is Aussie underscore Sarah underscore LA. Electric Gas. Electric Gas.